Hey everybody, Brian McClanahan here. Are you looking for a great educational website? Then go to McClanahanAcademy.com. That's McClanahanAcademy.com. Enroll free of charge. Get a free class, 10 Myths of American History when you do enroll. Look, I've got awesome classes there. Classes on the Constitution, classes on the Civil War, classes on secession, classes on American history. A whole slew of great stuff just waiting for you. Go to McClanahanAcademy.com, enroll, and get a real history education. Ty Sigley was triggered by Jim Webb's defense of the Arlington Confederate Monument. We'll talk about that on this episode of The Brian McClanahan Show. It's time to think locally and act locally. Welcome to The Brian McClanahan Show. Welcome back to The Brian McClanahan Show. Glad to be back on the program. Very glad to be here. Don't forget to follow me on Twitter, like my Facebook page, and subscribe to my YouTube page where you can watch this podcast. Find all those social media accounts on my webpage, brianmcclanahan.com. That's B-R-I-O-N, mcclanahan.com. While you're there, give me that email address. I'll give you a free ebook, Forgotten Founders, free audiobook of the same title, read by yours truly. You can support the show by going to mcclanahanacademy.com. You've already heard about that. Enroll free of charge. And if you're getting this, in August of 2023, now we're running out of time, very little time left to use that coupon code Jackson at checkout to get $70 off my latest class reading Andrew Jackson. This is it. If you're listening to this in the last week of August, this is the last chance you'll get to get the class for the best price you'll ever see it. So head over to mclanahanacademy.com, click on the class reading Andrew Jackson, use the coupon code Jackson, get $70 off. You can also purchase other classes there. Of course, that keeps the podcast free of charge. You can also support the show financially by going to brianmcclanahan.com. Click on the support tab. You can click on the little heart. If you're watching on YouTube, the super thanks button. Those are great ways to support it. Go to Spotify for podcasters. You can subscribe there. But as always, rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast so people know you love it. Share it around on social media. Give it that five-star review. Leave a text review wherever you can. And comment on YouTube for the algorithm. And of course, send me those show requests if you want to hear something particular. All right. Well, yesterday we talked about Jim Webb's defense of the Arlington Confederate Monument, and uh, it was one of the best defenses that I've seen in public from somebody that really didn't have any uh, prior interest in the monument, it seemed like. I mean, of course, Webb did, right? He talked about how historically he's had interest in this monument, but he hasn't been part of the defense effort until this point. There have been a lot of other groups and people who have been involved, including yours truly. I did a little YouTube video on the Arlington Monument. And uh, it's been viewed a fair number of times. Not enough. Not enough, to say the least. But uh, to have this opinion piece appear in the Wall Street Journal was big. The Wall Street Journal, of course, um, has not always been kind to these kind of things. And uh, I found it interesting that they would support an opinion piece that was, uh, I think, impactful and, of course, also historically accurate. So what happens? Ty Sigley responds in a letter to the editor right after Jim Webb's piece. Now, let's back up and explain who Ty Sigley is. Maybe you don't know who Ty Sigley is. Maybe you don't know why uh, he would write a letter to the editor for this, uh, for this particular uh, monument and why he would seem uh, on the defensive about it. Ty Sigley is now a brigadier general, um, and he was for years a history professor at West Point. Now, several years ago, I think it was 2015 or 16, I can't remember the exact uh, year, PragerU, which of course is supposedly the conservative 
you know, seven-minute history video site. PragerU commissioned Ty Sidrally to do a short video, five minutes, on the war. And Ty Sidrally produced a video entitled, The War Was About Slavery. Now, this video has been viewed millions of times. Before this point, nobody had ever heard of Ty Sidrally at all. I mean, you, you couldn't find anything about Ty Sidrally before this. Ty Sidgley had written a couple of books for West Point on typical woke things, right? I mean, he had been part of uh, revising the history curriculum at West Point. His background is that he grew up idolizing Robert E. Lee in the Confederacy, went to VMI, I'm sorry, no, went to Washington Lee, excuse me, went to Washington Lee University, grew up idolizing these men. And uh, later he figured out, he realized that he was wrong for all of this. And that he needed to atone for his sins against the United States. And of course, you know, what he, the way he frames it is that we had the United States against the bad guys, the Confederacy. They were just all bad guys. So he's got a very simplistic view of the war to begin with. And uh, here is a, an apostate, so to speak. You know, he's, he's uh, been one thing and then he's another. And uh, This is intellectual growth, though, now in, in America, if you, if you have these positions. So he produces this video, and this makes him very, very popular with the left. It makes him very, very popular with the Straussians and the neoconservatives. Even though the Straussians, I'll say this, the Straussians, I think, have realized their, their, the error of their ways in, uh, in bashing the South so much, right? John C. Calhoun, Robert E. Lee. In fact, uh, I, I believe the Claremont Institute actually produced a fairly sympathetic article on Robert E. Lee at one point, Claremont Review of Books, which is strange because for years they, of course, would never have done that. But I think they've realized that uh, what they've done, and this is something I've said on this show many times, that they're just playing into the hands of the left. When you create this paradigm, this, this dichotomy, so to speak, where you have the R's are good and the D's are bad, and the R's are Republicans, no matter when the Republicans were, those were the good guys, and no matter when the Democrats were, those were the bad guys. And the Democrats were always the party of the Confederacy and racism and slavery and all this stuff. And then, of course, the Republicans were always the party of non-racist, anti-slavery. These, I mean, you create a false narrative. And this thing can be, can be you know, debunked so easily, right? You can punch holes in it so easily. Again, it's like it's like holding up a, a wet paper bag and punching holes right in it. It's the easiest thing to do. Dinesh D'Souza, of course, uh, you know, got abused for this when he said, no Republicans ever owned slaves. Are you sure about that, Dinesh? Uh, so it's, it's amazing how these people do this. They create a, a very simplistic black and white caricature of American history. And again, there's good guys and bad guys, and we got to get the bad guys who are generally Southerners, and we got to promote the good guys who are generally Northerners. And this is just ridiculously stupid. But so Sigley makes a name for himself, then produces a book, Robert E. Lee and Me, which is his mea culpa. Look at all the things that I said in my life that were wrong, that were bad. I can't, I can't believe I said and believe these things. And so now I've atoned for my sins. I've produced this, I've had catharsis. I've, I've, I've expressed where I was wrong. And now it like me, everybody. He wants everyone to like him, particularly on the left. He, he just wants to be loved and he loves all the attention. He's now got speaking engagements and people are inviting him on to internet shows and, and, and talk shows, you know, in-person talk shows. Ty Sigley became a media darling. And this is what happens to a lot of these people. They get a little taste of it and they want more and they're going to do anything to get more of that. 
It's embarrassing, really. But this is Ty Sigley. So, Ty Sigley, because of this book and because of his video, understand, is made the vice chairman of the Naming Commission, which was created by Elizabeth Warren and the United States Congress uh, a couple of years ago when Trump was still president. And the idea of the Naming Commission was to address any kind of Confederate iconography or names or anything at U.S. military installations and U.S. military property around the United States. When I say address, to rename, to change. So it's the Naming Commission, but it's really the Renaming Commission. And it should be the Woke Renaming Commission because everything they've done has just been absolutely laughable. But the, the commission was not allowed to touch cemeteries. We're allowed to touch cemeteries. That's important. Because what came out of that, of course, is all of the money. This is millions of dollars that are going to be spent now because this is taking place. I mean, everything has been changed. All the names are being, all the bases are being renamed. Streets are being renamed. Ships are being renamed. All this stuff is happening. And it's costing taxpayers millions of dollars to do it. Signs, all kinds of things. Even stationary. All that has to be redone. And part of that, though, part of their, of their effort to rid the United States of any Confederate iconography was the Arlington Confederate Monument. Now, if you're not familiar with this monument, maybe you're listening to this podcast overseas, and I know I have people that do that outside the United States. It is a beautiful monument sculpted by Ezekiel Moses, and I talked about this yesterday. So uh, it's, a, it's a beautiful monument, and it's in a cemetery. Last time I checked, Arlington National Cemetery is a cemetery. The charge of the Naming Commission did not allow them to remove or do anything to cemeteries. Cemeteries. But yet, they proposed to take down the monument except for the granite base. So they're going to leave the base in place, but they're going to take down the entire monument. And to them, that would be legal because they would not disturb the graves underneath. There are actually 400 men, over 400 men, buried underneath or around this, this uh, monument, including Moses Ezekiel himself, who sculpted the monument. So it's his literal headstone. I mean, he's got a little... They could say, well, it's not McClanahan, because see, there's a little stone right here that's got his name on it. This is not his headstone. It's his headstone. All right, this is something... He wanted to be buried at the base of it. And when you say that, that's your headstone. There's going to be a spot there that has his name on it. That's not his headstone. The headstone is the monument. So this was not to be touched by the naming commission. But the naming commission decided that it needed to be removed. And they did it anyways. Now, the Republicans are responsible for this because the Republicans could have blocked all of it. Mike Rogers of Alabama was chairman of the Armed Services Committee, and I talked about this yesterday. He could have blocked any of this, but he's interested in federal dollars going into the state of Alabama. And he wasn't going to jeopardize that by potentially having the Democrats block the bill. So this was the concession. All right, we're going to get this. Now, Donald Trump vetoed it. At that point, the Republicans could have said, hey, the president vetoed it. we got to come up with something else. He vetoed it expressly because of the naming commission. That's why he did it. So the Republicans said, look, we can't get this thing passed with this thing on there. we got to drop it, and then we'll, we'll push it through. But they didn't. 
A supermajority of Republicans overrode the veto. Think about that. A supermajority of Republicans who were supposed to be defenders of you know, all these American traditions and monuments and they're against wokeism and all this kind of They supported the bill because of federal dollars for the United States military. So they chose... They chose slush, they chose pork, they chose these things for their districts over the culture war, so to speak. I mean, this is what they did. So when Jim Webb comes out and says, hey, look, this is a mistake, that's a pretty big name now that's come out and said, we need to stop this thing. There have been some efforts to stop it. In fact, there's a public forum now. There's a link that you can go to and you can actually comment. And there is some public debate. Now, I think that all this is just smoke and mirrors. It really doesn't matter. And in fact, if you were to probably do one of these you know, investigative journalism things, you go behind the scenes, these people don't really care what you think about this stuff. I would be surprised if any of this is going to matter. They're going to try to take it down anyways. Uh, there was uh, proposals in Congress to try to block and the bill. And of course, the response was, why are these Republicans worried about all this Confederate stuff? We got real things to go on in America. Shows you who the Republicans really are. So Ty Sigley, of course, gets triggered by Jim Webb's opinion piece, and he has to write a letter to the editor to respond. And I'm going to read that letter because it's, it ignores the real problem with the Naming Commission's proposal is that it exceeds their legal charge in, in uh, the renaming or whatever they want to do, taking down names, taking down monuments, whatever it was at American military installations and military property. It goes beyond their charge. I mean, again, if you put an aerial, and this is funny, because the people that are trying to legally go after the United States on this, uh, you know, the, the report, the the uh, charge says, you know, no cemeteries, and then I want to know what this is, and it's an aerial of a cemetery, <laughs> right? So it goes against everything that the commission was allowed to do. But it doesn't matter. This is offensive to them. And Ty Sodgley is going to explain why in this letter to the editor. So I'm going to read it. It's very short. But there are some really fascinating things that uh, Sodgley says in this that are just so hyperbolic and so stupid that they just need to be addressed. So he begins by saying, Jim Webb argues we should save the Confederate memorial at Arlington. The law isn't on his side and neither are the facts. The law isn't on his side. What would that law be? Of course, the law would be that the naming commission uh, has the authority to remove these things. But Ty Sigel is admitting a very important part of the law, that they did not have the legal authority to go after things in cemeteries. <laughs> and even the picture they use, and the Wall Street Journal has... Headstones in the background. You can see them. You can see them. Uh, it's in Arlington National Cemetery. Now, they're going to say there's some wiggle room there, again, because it's not disturbing the graves and these kind of things. There, there's, there's, some, there's some legal wiggle room, and I think it was designed specifically because they had this as their agenda anyways. They wanted that monument gone. And why do they want this monument gone? Because it's created controversy for the last, say, 20 to 30 years. For years, presidents put a wreath at the Arlington Confederate Monument on Memorial Day. They would put a wreath there. 
Now, Obama actually, there, there was real pushback for Obama. He should stop this process because, you know, it's, uh, this would be uh, a real show of what we actually have now in power in America because it's, you know, these guys were the bad guys. Obama continued to put a wreath there, but he put another wreath at the memorial to black Union soldiers. Nobody had a problem with that. Okay, put another wreath. Fine. No one had a problem with that. But now we have a push that created controversy. And you've had for years people, groups, SCV groups and others, they would have uh, events at this monument. And this really irritated the Wokies. So they had to do something about it. So Sigley continues, Congress created the Naming Commission, on which I served as Vice Chairman, to remove or rename all Confederate commemoration in the Defense Department. The law passed with a supermajority. Now that's true. But he's leaving out the, he's omitting an important part here, that it did not allow for any of this to happen in cemeteries. Jim Webb's not saying we need to keep Fort Benning or Fort Bragg, even though some people have made the case. Or the USS Chancellorsville, which was one of the funniest things ever. We have to rename this ship because it celebrates a, uh, a Confederate victory. I mean, he, he wasn't even talking about it. He's talking about a monument to dead, a reconciliation memorial, which I, I mentioned, I mean, it's been, it's been talked about forever. This monument commemorates healing North and South. That's the real problem. You see, there was somebody that commented on a, on a YouTube, on, on that video I made uh, about, you know, maybe this was the way, maybe people in the 19th century really understood reconciliation. But you see people like David Blight and Ty Sajili don't like that. They don't like that reconciliation because that doesn't fit a leftist agenda. That reconciliation would mean that you compromise with Southerners or conservatives or people that you don't like politically. That's the problem. You can't do that. So you have to bulldoze them. See, what they really want is another reconstruction. This monument is the antithesis of reconstruction. It's reconciliation. These people don't like reconciliation. That's the key. They don't like it at all. So he continues, The 1914 Arlington Confederate Monument clearly commemorates the Confederacy and its purpose, chattel slavery. It does? That's a strange accusation, considering, as Webb points out, the entire point of the monument is to say that the war is over, to put down the sword and make to, to create plowshares out of swords. To memorialize dead, yes. To memorialize men who went off and fought. We had hundreds of thousands of Southerners die in that war. And this cemetery, which is in Robert E. Lee's backyard, by the way, is evidence of that. And Union veterans thought it was important to commemorate Confederate veterans, men who had actually shot at them. So here we have a monument that is uh, a reminder that these men were also Americans and that what they did was, I mean, they, they answered the call for their own states, their own purpose, and this is how people saw it. Unions, well, they were wrong in this, and uh, we have to, you know, we won, that's good, but we can, we can honor the dead. This is where I get, it gets really interesting. He's saying it's, it represents as he says, racism. And remember, that's the top. Confederate memorial celebrates racism. And this is the racism. 
It depicts a tearful enslaved woman cradling the child of her confederate enslaver as he departs for war. The pro-slavery monument portrays faithful slaves and kind masters. No! Slavery featured legal rape, torture, and the selling of husband from wife and child from mother. Now, it's very strange that a monument that actually has what would be a racial reconciliation message. You think about that. And this is what I brought up in the video of Booker T. Washington. He said, look, we all wanted to be free and nobody would say anything otherwise. Of course. Of course, nobody wanted this institution to continue. Uh, If they were were black, they wouldn't want that. But they did recognize that they had an affinity for the families that they were part of. And this would be a common thing. Moses has actually depicted something that would have happened. And of course, you have the body servant marching off to war with the Confederate soldiers. That also happened. These are real things that happened. But yet, they're supposedly fantasy. That's the funniest thing about it. And if you read Genovese or Fogel and Engerman, you know, those things that, that Sigley brings up, this is, this is TV sensationalized roots or Django Unchained. You read these other scholarly accounts, which for a long time were the two best, considered the two best in the history of the field, right? Roll Jordan Roll and Time on the Cross. You do understand these things that Sigley mentions did happen. It happened once too many times. But it also shows that there's a lot of complexity here and it wasn't necessarily like that all the time. So, uh, this is cartoonish at best. It's cartoonish history at best. So then Sajali continues, Mr. Webb argues that the monument was done in the spirit of reconciliation. Sajali's going to actually oppose that position. But reunion had already occurred in 1868 when the U.S. granted amnesty for treason to all Confederates. Hmm. But the U.S. had already been put back together in 1868. That would have been news to those in the South. 1868 is an important year. It's, it really is when the United States is recreated. 1868 is a turning point. The United States is recreated. We have this, this period of time with military reconstruction. The first Reconstruction Act is passed then. And what he's bringing up, of course, this is important, is Andrew Johnson's amnesty proclamation just before he left office. Now remember, Andrew Johnson is voted out. He loses the 1868 election. He's also impeached in 1868, put on trial. So it's amazing that these Reconstructionists would point back to Andrew Johnson as a period of time when we had a reunion, the Union put back together. That would have been news to Southerners and really Northerners as well, because what was happening in that time was, of course, a forced situation with the bayonet. In 1868, the Union wasn't put back together. This is the whole other part of it. It wasn't put back together. The first Military Reconstruction Act, or first Reconstruction Act, said these states and the South are no longer in the Union. They're now conquered provinces. They're, they're military districts. That was 1868. Reunion had not occurred. I want to know what Ty Sajuli is thinking. If reunion had occurred, these states would have still been in the United States. They still would have members of Congress. They didn't have any of that in 1868. So what is he talking about? What is he talking about? This is the strangest argument I've ever seen. 
By 1877, all the former rebelling states had full political rights and representation. But I thought you said the Union was put back together in 1868, but they didn't have full political rights. They didn't have representation. They didn't have any of that. So how is the Union put back together? But he's saying 1868, the Union... This doesn't make any sense. This history here is so bad. It shows you what Ty Sigilly really is, a very bad historian. In 1898, President William McKinley had to appease white Southerners who had violently consolidated power in one-party rule. He did? He didn't have to do any of that. At all. Why did he have to appease them? There was no, there was no reason to. I mean, McKinley could win without them. The, uh, the Republicans had done that for years. McKinley didn't need to do any of that. McKinley didn't have to. He decided to bring the South back into the Union. He made a Southern tour. Where he starts to, but in that Southern tour, if you go back and read the speeches, he is very critical of the South for their positions on race and what they're doing with black Americans. He's critical. But on the other hand, he's saying, all right, look, we're still going to recognize Confederate soldiers as... American soldiers, we're going to allow you to decorate your graves. We're going to do all this stuff, which had not been allowed, by the way, for years. Okay. And we've had Memorial Day. I mean, Southerners were doing this, and the North picked it up. But there was actually a push not to allow Southerners to do this. Caring for Confederate graves and allowing a monument in Arlington helped the president achieve his aims in the Spanish-American War. Wait a second here. Allowing a monument. 1898, the cornerstone wasn't laid down until Taft was president. Now, what McKinley did was say, okay, here's what we're going to do. We're going to actually reinter these Confederates that are buried all around D.C., and we're going to put them in a Confederate section in Arlington. And then eventually there would be maybe a monument to this. That was Taft. That was not McKinley. See, the history here is so bad. This is just really bad history. Now, what he also did, of course, in 1898, you look at this, and he did have generals from the North, and a general from the South, and there was a spirit of Washingtonian reconciliation in that. It's a very nice move. But he didn't have to do any of this. He didn't have to at all. He could have, could have not done that. He could have just said, no, I'm not doing any of this. There was no one saying McKinley had to do this to get anything. But this is the key to understanding everything here for these people. Reconciliation didn't include 9 million African Americans in the South who lived in a racial police state enforced by a terror campaign of lynching. That's the key. You see, this is why they're against reconciliation. Because they... Oh, 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 see? Before 1877, more than 2,000 black men had elective office, including a black senator from Mississippi. By 1914, almost no one of color could vote, much less hold office, and the Arlington Monument celebrated the victory of white supremacy. It did? Uh, because if that's what you're saying the war was about, last time I checked, they, they celebrated the, the victory of the North and that the South lost. Hmm. That's a very strange statement to make. Now, what's also interesting is there was a, a, a history textbook I used for years. It was, uh, uh, the primary editor was Goldfield, who actually wrote a really interesting book, America of Flame. But he's in no way 
uh, pro-South. He did, though, study with uh, Avery Craven, which is really interesting. But um, Goldfield, in this book, from 1877-1890, race relations are pretty stable in the South. What happens? 1890 happens, and we have an economic downturn, and people start blaming other people for it. And, of course, the easy scapegoats in the South are African-Americans who seem to be taking jobs and other things from white Southerners. And so that happened. But this didn't just happen in the South. This happened all over the United States. Some of your worst uh, racial violence took place in places like Indiana or, uh, or Nebraska. I mean, there were some pretty bad things going on around the United States. So all of this is, again, soundbite history which is what Ty Sigley became famous for, a soundbite history video that is light on facts, really. Light on complexity, light on anything that happened, and heavy on hyperbole and soundbites and nonsense. That's what this letter is. This is what Ty Sigley is very good at. Historical accuracies don't matter to Ty Sigley. Just getting his name out there and putting his opinion out there really does matter. He says, removing the monument doesn't change history. It changes commemoration, which reflects our values. When the monument is gone, we can look to the empty space and say finally that the U.S. military no longer commemorates an enemy who chose treason to preserve, to preserve slavery. So, I mean, this is, this is ridiculous. Yes, I'm sure people will stand there and say, gosh, I am so glad we have this blank slate of granite. Isn't that wonderful? And they're going to think that, wow, that monument's gone to treason. I would, I would dare say that probably most people didn't even know this monument existed. Most people in America had no idea this thing was there. And if they did, they wouldn't want it taken down. They would have just said, leave it alone. These people are, are really sick in many ways, mentally ill. It's a mental illness what they're going through right now. Uh, but that's par for the course. So I wanted to cover Ty Sajili's letter to the editor because it's just so bad. I mean, there's so many historical problems with it, so many uh, half-truths, lies, that it needed to be addressed following the web. And, and I, it came out after I recorded the video with Jim Webb, so I wanted to cover it in another video, and that's why I did this today. All right. See you next time with the Brian McClanahan Show. See you then.